Well, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, this is what you say every Sunday. I take good morning. I say good morning and welcome to those who are joining us online and on site. And on site. Because we have both. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I know that guy. I was just there a second ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um, this is our uh, new series, Pastor 4 and 1. It's a favorite for a lot of people. And uh, we've had a number of questions come in already. And uh, we're looking forward to answering a bunch of them this morning. Yeah, we'll get as many as we can through the next couple of weeks, but uh, we'll definitely cover a bunch. Uh, one that we always start with every year, if you've been with us, I think this is our fifth year. Something like that. Doing this. And yeah. we always know what the first question is. Well, it was we do. Yeah. Uh, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> how yeah. you doing? It's been a while since, uh, and again, I know people, Zach, are probably familiar that you, you got married last summer. Um, yeah. And are glad to have you and Julie with us here. But mm-hmm. uh, what, else, what else is new for Zach that perhaps people haven't heard of in the last uh, couple months? Yeah, last couple months, uh, we sold our house and we're in a new place now, just south of Edgemont. New little townhome there, so that's nice. And yeah. Julie's having fun decorating the whole house. Good. And uh, that's not my domain. No. Decorating is not my domain. <laughs> um, and uh, she just started working full time as a physio over here in the Grange. Uh, which is good. So if you okay. need any physio, I know a physio. gal. We know somebody who can do physio now. Yeah. Yeah. Come up to me afterwards. I have a card for you and everything. Wonderful. Yeah. Do you get commission off of that? I don't. <laughs> no. I mean, she pays <laughs> me kind of. Good. You get commission off of that. Yeah. Good. Well, uh, you know, another question that came in that we weren't going to include, but I thought maybe I'll just throw it out there. And it was actually directed more towards me, but I'm going to direct it towards you. Somebody sent in a question about a week ago asking how much I bench. Um, Zach, I know you've had some COVID gains. You've had some gains over COVID. Yes. So, yeah. I have had some gains. So, Zach, how, how much you bench? How much you bench? I'm just shy of 200. 200. That's just good. Just shy. You're getting close. Yeah. I'm 200. getting close. But I know you've got me beat here, so where are a you A little at? bit. Not, not by a lot. See, I have a... See, I'm older. Okay. Right? And I have a permanently separated shoulder, mm. so I have to be careful, which is truth. But, uh, yeah, I've, um, about 250. You yeah. got me beat. So we're close. Yeah, that's good. We're close. Yeah. And then somebody this morning, I don't know who, somebody here this morning asked if we ever skip leg day. Yeah. So there's a lot of fitness things that are coming. Yeah. This, this will be the end of the fitness ones. Yeah. But no, right. you cannot skip leg day. No. Because if you just work your upper body but not your legs, you'll look like a chicken. Right? This is true. This is <laughs> and true. nobody wants to look like a chicken. No. <laughs> so, no. So we can never skip leg day. Yeah. Unless you're Pastor Andrew. And then you Unless you're skip. Pastor Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we should move on. Yes, let's move on. We should move on, though. So, yeah. Well, aside from fitness things, what else is new with you, Mark? Um, yeah, you know, uh, we've had a pretty um, steady life throughout the last little while. Probably the newest thing in our household is um, kind of post-COVID now, if we can say that. I don't know if we're allowed to say that yet, but we're kind of getting into that. Uh, all of our kids are back to work now, so they sort of had some layoffs during that period of time, and Kalina was on mat leave, but everyone's back to work now, which is nice, and... Uh, Lydia's in daycare here at the church. It was nice to be able to get her in there. It's convenient. I get to drop her off every day and pick her up some days. So, yeah. so we're enjoying that, but things are great uh, around the church here as we start heading towards the summer and enjoy getting outside a little more. Yeah. So Awesome. Yeah. Very good. Well, let's jump into our first question. So our first question this week is, what is Pastor 4 and 1? Yeah, that's a good question. Because some of you are newer with us, and perhaps this is the first time that you've been around for Pastor 4 and 1 series. And, and the name, very briefly, the name came from those of us who remember prior to like, Google, when you had a question, when you wanted information, a phone number, an address, something like that, you would dial 411. And I checked, it still works. 
I'm not sure if they can still get as much action as they used to at that number, mm-hmm. but, but 411 still works. And so the idea was uh, people who want information, you can dial Pastor 411. It's yeah. kind of where the, where the name came from. And it's an opportunity for all of you to ask questions and to decide what we talk about for a few weeks. Uh, and we want to include this more of a dialogue because quite often I'll try to discern what is a good topic for the congregation to be learning about and then I will come and speak on Sunday. And there's a bit of conversation afterwards in the foyer and emails and phone calls throughout the week. But there's not often an opportunity for kind of a bit of back and forth. So this is an attempt to try and create some of that. Yeah, for sure. And aside from the emails that we get and we can answer that during the service, mm-hmm. we actually want to offer an additional uh, kind of feature this year. And that is, yeah, as Pastor Mark mentioned, an opportunity to dialogue back and forth. So if you're joining us here in person, you'll notice there's a Pew Portal QR code in the pew in front of you. If you scan that, there's a button there where you can actually submit questions and follow-up questions to what uh, Pastor Mark and I will dialogue about up here. And if you're joining us online, uh, just type your questions in the chat there, and uh, we have a laptop here, and uh, my email is here, so we can see all those questions that come in, and we'll do our best to answer as much yeah. as we can. We'll ask them as we go along here today, as they, as they come. If you want a further explanation of something, or if you want a follow-up question, you can even do that during the, during the service here today. But the other reason that we do Pastor 411 is because it's part of uh, one of the aspects of the culture that we're actually trying to create here at West Meadows. Because I know people are curious about things, and, and they have questions, and sometimes those questions can be attached to things that they have doubts about. And we want to be a place where we can create a culture where it's safe to ask questions, a place where it's safe to, to enter into dialogue about some of the doubts that perhaps you have. I remember a, um, a quote from Oswald Chambers who said, doubt is not always a sign that a man is wrong. It, it may be a sign that he's thinking. And we want to foster that opportunity for people to ask questions, enter into dialogue around these doubts. Because, you know, sometimes people will walk away from the church, even walk away from their faith, not because they stop believing or because they stop loving Jesus, but because they have doubts and they're nervous and don't feel like they can actually uh, air those and, and bring those up. And so we want to be a place where it's safe to ask questions and even to, even to have some doubts. So that's part of the reason we're doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, there's lots of different topics we're going to be able to cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of, the, of interest to a lot of different people, some of which uh, we're going to talk about some scripture today. Yep. We talk about scripture. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about, uh, like, what do we do with the Ten Commandments and all the other laws of the Old Testament? You know, should we still obey all of those that are in there or some of them or how do we know? Uh, yep. Today, we're going to talk about Bible translation a bit. You know, how, how'd that happen? What's that all about? Yep. Yep. Uh, we've got some practical questions as well that came in. Yeah, a few people have asked us about, uh, about being single, adults who are single, and mm. they want to be married and have kids, and yet you know, God seems to have a path for them being single, and how do, they, how do they come to understand those sorts of things? Yeah, and then just some general questions and doubts, right, that sure. came in? Yeah, there's always questions about, about the Trinity, uh, about creation, uh, about church structure, um, should we pay church staff? Yes, please. Um, <laughs> things like that always come in, so we'll cover some of those things. Awesome. Okay, so we've got some good stuff lined up for today and for the weeks ahead, um, but there's still time to submit questions. Absolutely. Yeah, online here as we go or in the days ahead, submit them and we'll keep updating the list of things we cover. For sure. Okay, well, let's start with one question that's pretty curious for a few people at least. Yep. Um, Is there such a thing as ghosts? Ooh, it's a spooky question. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, such a thing as ghosts. Now, um, first of all, if we buy ghosts, if we mean like tortured souls of humans who have not crossed over to the other side kind of thing, like a, like a soul that is stuck here, or like your grandma who comes to visit you sometimes, mm-hmm. which you probably don't want your grandma seeing everything <laughs> that you do. Uh, no, 
that, that's, no, there's not. As remember last year, uh, we talked in depth about kind of heaven and hell and those sorts of, like, the afterlife. Uh, and how human spirits either are with the Lord, waiting for the second coming, or in Hades waiting for judgment. But, but no, they, they, there's this crossing over that, that takes place. Yeah, and we, we talked about that last year. So if you want a refresher on that, you can actually go to our website, westmeadows.org. Um, and under the watch or listen tab, there's lots of information you can learn there. Yeah, absolutely. You can get some refreshes on that. However, there are spirits that do move among us, though. So while there might not be ghosts in terms of, like, grandma watching everything that you do, um, there are spirits that absolutely, absolutely move among us, and they're of the good and of the evil nature. Uh, And there's dozens of examples in the Bible where we see that this is explained to us. We see that there are um, good spirits, good angels who who walk among us and do God's will. And we see in Scripture that they do things like they instruct people, they, they, they help people, they deliver messages, they offer protection, they appear in visions and dreams to give direction and guidance and insurances. We also see that there are evil spirits who have really a sole purpose, which is to deceive and to lead astray. And it's interesting to note that, that sometimes, you know, you don't have to get, they don't have to make you do something bad for you to wander from God's will. They just simply need to keep you from living in God's will. And so to lead astray and to deceive is the main purpose for which they exist. And we even see in Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 14, where it says that Satan himself masquerades. And that word masquerade is key here when we talk about uh, evil spirits because they, they masquerade as angel of light. So, uh, you know, and one aspect of, you know, of my job that I don't talk too much about or share is, is having experiences with these sorts of things. Um, you know, I've experienced a number of events, um, experiences with different mediums and people who are under different forms of spiritual oppression. Um, sometimes just being in the presence of a person who has that oppression, there's a challenge that I get called in to deal with. Uh, I've had different manifestations take place in my office at different times, supernatural abilities. So, like, and I want to get all the stories about that because it can sensationalize this, which is the exact opposite of what we want to have happen. I'd simply mention that because I want you to know that the spirit world is real. Uh, that some mediums do have the ability to communicate and manifest things that, um, that fall into the sensational side. But we're warned to stay away from those. Leviticus 19.31 tells us to stay away from those. Why? Because they masquerade. Because we're not able to trust them and they intend to lead us astray. That's, that's the purpose, to lead us astray. Um, so if ever in the past or the present you have access to things like, like consulting mediums, Ouija boards, tarot cards, uh, crystals, angel worship, um, spirit guides, any of these sorts of things, these are all ways that you can actually open yourself up to evil oppression um, and, and it will not go anywhere positive. Even if you try to do it for good reasons, it can lead you into a, into a bad place. So if that's present or some part of your past that you think is having present implications, come talk to me because we, uh, we definitely want to help you to address that. Uh, in summary, then, uh, are ghosts real? In the sense of human souls who are still with us, no. Uh, if you experience that, that's either fake TV or uh, evil spirits mm-hmm. that are among us. Mm-hmm. Well, we do have a few follow-up questions oh, that good. came in, which is cool. So thank you for submitting yep. those. Um, I'll run them by you yep, first. let's do it. You want to jump on this one? Oh, uh, can the spirit be reborn into someone else? Uh, now, if we're, if we're speaking of a sense of reincarnation, uh, no, that would be more of an Eastern mysticism kind of understanding, uh, and that definitely would be contrary to uh, sort of a biblical, a Christian view. 
Um, if we're thinking in terms of, you know, we see examples in Scripture of where Jesus would cast out a spirit, and, you know, you think about uh, Jesus cast out the spirits, and then he, and they end up being cast into pigs and then falling, you know, jumping off the cliff. There is some evidence that, that those things can happen. Um, we want to be careful with that, though. Um, there, there's a bigger answer for the sake of time. Maybe we'll get into another day. Mm-hmm. Um, here's how I want us to think about this idea of, um, what was the wording? Of, of being reborn, in, like a spirit being in somebody else. Mm-hmm. If you think of yourself as, as like, a, like a vessel, like a chalice, okay? Chalices are meant to be filled with something, okay? Now, if you are a child of God, if you have accepted Jesus' forgiveness for your sins and you are a child of God and the Holy Spirit is indwelling you, you are filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? So there will not be a battle within you where you, like, there's like some sort of evil possession trying to kick out the spirit and things like that. So, so that idea of possession sometimes gets either misunderstood or, or, uh, or overstated in a person. Um, and so we have to make sure we're careful about the difference between oppression and possession. Those are two very, very different things. Um, now, a person who is filled with the Holy Spirit can still experience evil oppression, which would be external forces, um, lies, temptations, um, challenges in the world trying to get you off of God's plan, God's will to, to fall away. Like those sorts of oppressions can happen, um, but not in the sense of, an, of, a, of a possession. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there's a few different ways that I'm not sure exactly what the intent of that question is, but um, in terms of uh, reincarnation, no. In terms of being possessed, a child of God, no. Oppression, potentially. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, for sake of time today, we do have some others that are coming in. So again, thank you for those questions. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's move on. And of course, there's always opportunity to follow up with these questions afterwards throughout the week. Talk about it with your friends and family. Um, mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Yeah. So want to jump in? Yeah, I kind of want to jump. These are good questions. Okay, you go for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, then we'll have to jump on from the. Yeah, we can bump stuff to next week too. Okay, okay, you jump, you go. But uh, yeah, the prevalence of demon possession in the Bible compared to today. Uh, two aspects on that. Uh, one, um, sometimes it's a language that we find in Scripture. Um, um, now, when we look at the, we look at the. Um, this, this is a good test. We have to just work, work on the fly. That's right. Here. It's all up here now. So when you look at when Jesus casts out a demon, um, the Greek word that's always used is ex, exbalo. So this, you know, is to, to kind of cast out, and, and that can be um, common language used for a couple different situations, and so. Um, so this idea of casting out, there may be times when it was casting out an illness, casting out an evil spirit, casting out an oppression, uh, but the language is similar, so sometimes we think there's a lot of demon possession being dealt with in the Bible because the language gives that sense, but it's really healings that are taking place, and some of them are spiritual healings, um, absolutely. Another aspect is I think if we were not living here in Edmonton in Canada, we would encounter a lot more spiritual oppression, a lot more spiritual influence. Mm. Um, if you go to other countries, or the continents in particular, um, or if you talk to somebody who is a missionary over in Africa and places like that, they will run into this a lot more than we do here. So it may not be a simply a case where it doesn't happen as much now as it did then. It may simply be one of two things. Either one, um, we're just not as aware of it, in our Western world, as in other areas are aware of it. Uh, but the second thing is, you know, if, if the devil's not as active in our area, that might speak to our lack of 
uh, of efforts for the kingdom because mm -hmm. <laughs> he feels like his efforts are better spent elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, if we are working for the kingdom and growing the kingdom, we should expect some opposition. Yeah. Um, and it makes you wonder if there is no opposition, if we need to be working a little harder. Yeah. So. Wow. Interesting stuff, though. We should move whole, on. Yeah, we should move on yeah. for now. All right. So our next question. You mentioned that um, there are not uh, loved ones necessarily watching over us or right. um, uh, among us, but there are good mm -hmm. uh, angels among us. So do we have guardian angels? Guardian angels, yes. So here's a, here's a more positive side of, of this one. Yes, uh, this idea of guardian angels does find basis in Scripture. Um, and perhaps, and not just sort of one angel, one person, you know, it sounds like there's actually perhaps a collection of angels that, that exist around, around a child of God. Uh, and that's an amazing thought, if you think about it, that we're not aware of this, but that this does seem to be the case. Uh, more accurately, we could refer to these as ministering spirits, as these uh, angelic beings who aid believers. Uh, Hebrews 1.14 speaks about this and says, Are not all angels ministering spirits um, sent to serve those who inherit salvation? So it gives this idea that there are ministering spirits to those who are, uh, who are those who have inherited salvation, who are followers of Christ. Um, and there's even one of Jesus' teachings where there's sort of this indirect reference to the idea that perhaps it's not just sort of one angel, but it's actually like a host of angels. And we see this in Matthew 18, and it's sort of an indirect reference in there. He goes, see to it that you not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you, even their angels, so plural was in there, their angels uh, in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. So it may even be that it's not just sort of one, who, you know, one angel looks after a group of people, but there could be actually multiple angels per Per person, even. We can look into some of that. Uh, now, throughout the Bible, we see these ministering spirits at work, uh, especially in the life of Jesus. We can even see them taking place. Uh, if you think for his whole ministry example, at the very beginning when he goes into the desert to, to fast and was tempted by Satan, at the end of that, we're told that, um, that angels came to care for his physical needs at the end of that period of time. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of Jesus' ministry, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus is in anguish, uh, wrestling with the upcoming events, um, you know, angels are said that the ministering spirit said they came to deal with his emotional and spiritual needs in those moments. And, and even then when he's arrested and Peter, you know, pulls out a sword and chops off the guy's ear, Jesus tells him, stop, put your sword away, You'll put your little twig back in its sheath there, Peter. Don't you know that I could ask my father to send 12 legions of angels, 12 legions, that's like 72,000 angels to come and defend me? if I needed it. So you and your little sword don't seem so powerful all of a sudden when, when Jesus could ask for 72,000 angels to descend in that moment. So we do get the sense of ministering spirits that exist. Um, so, it, you know, and I really believe that if we could see in the spiritual realm, we would see a whole lot more going on than, uh, than we see around us. And as a child of God, I think what we see is ministering spirits that are angels that are, that are among us. Uh, it's important to remember, though, that even though they minister to us, they're not directed by us, right? Does that make sense? They minister to us, but they're not directed by us. They are seeking to do God's will. They're seeking to do God's will in us, through us, and for us. And so we are the benefactors of that, but we are not by any means in charge of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Very good. Well, let's jump on to a an, an different question now. Um, there's a book of Jude, okay? Um, and in the book of Jude, it refers to the book of Enoch, mm -hmm. okay? Um, but the book of Enoch is not in the Bible. And so what is the book of Enoch and why is it not included? Yeah, good question. Um, are people aware that this kind of happened? Anyone? 
that there's this quote to Enoch, and it's like, who's Enoch? Where is Enoch? What's, what's going on here? So Enoch uh, was the great-grandfather of Noah. So it goes all back to Genesis 5, right? The great-grandfather of Noah. And he was known as one of three people who were taken to heaven while they're still alive. So we know Enoch's one of them. Who are the other two? Anybody? Elijah and... Yeah, Jesus is almost too easy, right? Jesus. <laughs> so, so three of them, yeah. And, and so Genesis 5 talks about this. It says, Enoch walked faithfully with God, and then he was no more uh, because God took him away. You can also look in Hebrews 11. There's a reference to this as well. Um, now, the book of Enoch um, is a book that do, it's, a, it's, a, it's an old text that actually does exist. It's very highly disputed in authorship, though, um, because... It, it's accepted, even though the authorship is disputed, it's widely accepted that Enoch didn't like, write it back, when, you know, back in the time that he was the grandfather of Noah and that it's existed through all this time. Uh, the, the thought in the association to Enoch is, comes from two places. One, uh, from the idea that um, Enoch and his sayings and teachings perhaps were passed on through oral tradition up to a point.